is Matt Connickson. I'm the sales agronomist with CHX Ag Services in Oakley, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have reports from Whitney Pittman and Tyler Donaldson as well. Crude oil prices are trading higher this morning after weekend drone attacks killed three U.S. members, military members, and injured dozens more at a military base in Jordan. The White House indicates the U.S. will retaliate. Any escalation of the tensions in the Middle East will keep energy markets nervous. Meanwhile, Houthi rebels bombed an oil tanker in the Red Sea over the weekend. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan met with the Chinese Foreign Minister over the weekend, asking Beijing to use its relationship with Iran to intervene in the Red Sea shipping crisis. The Houthi rebels are from Yemen but receive weapons, training and intelligence from Iran. There will be area scene temps in the 40s today. Some areas in South Dakota without snow may see 50s. A dry and mild week is on the way. There is an outside chance of freezing drizzle in far northern North Dakota and northwest Minnesota this afternoon. Other areas will be seeing sunshine. The acreage mix in the U.S. won't be known for several months. Martinson Ag Risk Management President Randy Martinson says acreage will become a story for traders fairly soon. You know, even though we're in the end of January, beginning of February here, very soon we're going to start talking about the 24 plant season. And so, yeah, that's going to be another interesting factor. And, and, you know, you saw, you know, some of the private estimates, you know, farm futures came out and put their estimate for planted acres for 24, lowering corn, increasing soybeans, you know, lowering wheat, actually slashing spring wheat uh, acres a lot more than expected you know, by uh, the us up here. I, I figured we'd see a lower acres, but not that much lower. But it's still not having much impact. And Martinson says USDA is not reflecting the additional crush capacity yet. I think you know, that's something that once it starts to it's build it and they will come, I think USDA will start projecting it once the plants are built in an operation. So I think there is some, uh, you know, tweaking of numbers that we're going to see, and there's going to be some bidding of acres. Uh, soybeans are going to try to buy as many as they can because they're going to need them to fill these plants. Corn stocks are plentiful, doesn't really need the acres. It can sit back. But right now with lower spring wheat acres or lower winter wheat acres and, and a 2 million decrease in spring wheat, you know, wheat might need some acres, too. According to Friday's Commitment of Traders report, hedge funds were net sellers for the latest reporting week. Advanced Trading Risk Management Advisor Tommy Grisafi says the trade is leaning heavily in one direction. The funds went from big-time long over the last few years to neutral to short. They are big-time short. The funds are as big of a short since 2019. That's when we look at uh, corn, beans, wheat, oil, and meal. Biggest short since 2019, I believe. And th- those are, they're not messing around. Now, we started to bounce this week in grains, and we are not ending well. Northern Brazil received one to three inches of rain over the weekend. Forecast calls for showers to move southward, delivering decent soil moisture across much of the country over the next two weeks. Argentina's two-week forecast is now drier than it was on Friday. Temperatures will be warmer than normal this week, and that will result in additional moisture stress. The livestock markets traded firmer this past week. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says the recent winter weather caused smaller numbers of ready cattle. We added some risk premium for uh, weather issues that we had, uh, snow, cold, 
um, you know, then we took the cash cattle market up one to two dollars. Just uh, some of these cattle that were set back, guys weren't moving them as aggressively as they wanted to, or as they as the uh, packer thought he was going to. And so we trade one to two dollars higher on the week uh, in the southern plains and in the north. Uh, you know, one seventy three, one seventy seven and a half. The lean hog market was another bright spot. The big bear that we had for uh, months and months. Uh, continues to uh, look brighter here in 2024. And with the liquidation that we've had not only in the U.S. but China, uh, hogs' uh, prospects look brighter for 2024. Senate Agriculture Committee Chair Debbie Stabenow receiving criticism for her proposal to offer farmers a yearly choice between the PLC and ARC programs at current reference prices or an area-wide crop insurance program with higher premium support. North Dakota Senator John Hoven said he would not support this proposal because it does not adequately improve the farm safety net. Kansas Senator Jerry Moran said the concept calls for a choice between Title I in the Farm Bill and receiving crop insurance. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Bagley Livestock Exchange owner Billy Bouchelle says unseasonably warm weather has not provided a lot of benefit to cattle producers in the region. In fact, it may be causing more harm than good. Um, and as far as the warmer weather, made things a little more miserable for the producers in our region because it's not really that good for cattle. Uh, uh, weaning the calves and stuff, people had more trouble with them this year just because the temperatures were were milder than what they were used to. Uh, and obviously, like their pens and their lots and stuff were soft and muddy, uh, where they expect to, uh, you know, to have nice, nice, hard, uh, frozen ground usually, you know, and, and, you know, easier to keep the cattle clean and healthy. Some producers were able to take advantage of the lack of snow cover, but that was not the norm. We don't expect to do any grazing this time of year, you know. I mean, we could have grazed longer, and a few individuals were able to with the lack of snowfall and the milder temperatures. But it's not what you try to do because it's, it's very rare that you do it. So, so very few people were able to take advantage of the extra grazing time frame because it just wasn't something that, you know, we normally do. So, so you, use, you plan on using up your grass. <laughs> you know, by the by November, you know, most, most cow-calf operators. So even though the weather was good, the grass was gone anyway. The University of Minnesota Extension will be hosting nitrogen college programs over the next two weeks in Monoman and in Morton. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Nitrogen College will be held tomorrow and Wednesday at Manoman, Minnesota, and February 5th and 6th at Morton. University of Minnesota Extension water quality educator Brad Carlson says this is an opportunity for farmers to learn about a complex issue in the state. Because of the EPA requiring states in the Mississippi watershed to have a statewide nutrient reduction strategy, uh, Minnesota has that. It's drawn a lot of attention to what's going to need to happen in order to achieve the goals of that. In the Red River, there's a very similar plan in place on dealing with Lake Winnipeg with some goals on uh, reductions of nitrate loss into the Red River. Again, uh, that's going to require a lot of focus and attention 
That's not a simple solution. There's nothing we can say, well, if you just do this, the problem goes away. Uh, it's very complicated, and that's why it requires this kind of training to kind of examine the problem and look at what the solutions might be. The course is helping producers benefit the environment and their bottom line. The point we try and stress is that that nitrogen loss is minimized at the point in which your use of nitrogen on your farm is most efficient, and that's also the most profitable point. So uh, it's not just simply a matter of wanting to deal with environmental issues. That's that's also a matter of uh, how you are, are most profitable. And so finding that exact point uh, for your farm and for any given circumstance uh, uh, has rewards in many ways. Certified crop advisors can receive continuing education credits. We are offering uh, continuing education credits for uh, anybody that's a certified crop advisor, and those are pre-approved. And so uh, there's there's uh, credits in, in nutrient management and in the soil and water uh, management. And so anybody that's an ag professional out there, we encourage you to attend. Uh, uh, as with uh, our farmer attendees, there's no cost. These programs are funded through the Minnesota Corn Checkoff. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Plains Grain and Agronomy agronomist Travis Messer says your planter is no place to be cutting corners. You know, a lot of people understand the benefits of getting that stand perfect, um, but kind of the new phase that a lot of people are really interested in is the fertility aspect of it. So precision planting offers a lot of new fertilizer attachments and different things to be more efficient with your nutrition program and and, uh, save money on fertility but still get in the right place. Messer, who's based at Mott, North Dakota, says technology has unlocked a lot of potential. I mean, I, I work in the southwest part of the state. That's where my family's from. And, you know, we pulled a record corn crop this year, too. And, you know, we didn't, um, you know, we didn't do anything really different from a seed side of things. But the thing we did change this year was a lot on the fertility side of things. But absolutely, between genetics and fertility placement and application tools and all this technology, it's, it's really unlocked a lot of potential on farms. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz joining Second Harvest Heartland for an event this morning. Walz expected to announce a new initiative to address food insecurity in Minnesota. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The Red River Farm Network is hosting a series of interviews highlighting the latest NDSU hires. First up, NDSU Assistant Professor of Climate Smart Approaches in Agriculture, Lindsay Malone who took some time to visit with Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Tyler Donaldson. Thanks for taking some time out of your schedule to talk with us, Lindsay. Can you share a little bit about your research and the subjects that you're teaching at NDSU? Yeah, absolutely. So most of my research experience, especially all throughout graduate school, because I, I came here straight from my PhD, uh, so a lot of my research is still kind of linked back to soil health work and soil health work in soybean production systems because I worked for the soybean and small grain specialist in Wisconsin. A lot of what I'm thinking about with Climate Smart Ag is still really conservation practices. So we're thinking about cover crops, thinking about reducing tillage, but in this sort of data-driven sense. The three main pillars of Climate Smart Ag are sustainably increasing yields, and I like to point to that that being the old hallmark of agronomy. The main pillar, and what I think about most of the time, is increasing resilience, building resilience at the farm scale, at the field scale. So a lot of that is thinking about like building organic matter and preventing erosion. And then the third piece is reducing greenhouse gas emissions. What are some of the research projects that you have going on now or coming up in the near future? Some of the studies that I have going on right now are kind of a a data-driven cover crop management project where I have a grad student that's working on making NDVI maps of cover crops 
and assessing that variability across the field because that can be one of the challenges with cover crops up here. We've got one part of the field that kind of takes off and one that was maybe covered in snow and we don't have any growth. How do we manage that main crop afterward? I think the easiest thing to point to is maybe a difference in nitrogen needs. Um, If we're planting corn or sugar beet into that, do we need to have more nitrogen there's going to be some nitrogen tie-up where that cover crop really took off. So that's one of my projects, and I am actually looking for some farmer partners on that one. We're also looking at phosphorus rates in soybean. So that one's funded by the North Dakota Soybean Council. Uh, We're looking at phosphorus rates across the state. I think we've got, we had eight sites in 2023, and we're going to have eight sites again in 2024. I do also have one up, up and coming that I'm really excited about where we're going to be out at Grand Farm, and we're working with a startup company called Dare. They have a, a planter technology that uses high-pressure water jets to cut through residue. We're hoping that that could be a, a neat way to help manage residue in transitional no-till, um, so going from corn to soybean. That was NDSU Assistant Professor of Climate Smart Approaches in Agriculture, Lindsay Malone. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson. Checking markets were down six and three quarter cents for Minneapolis wheat. That March contract at six ninety six and three quarters. Chicago wheat down seven and a half. Hard red winter wheat March down nine and a quarter. March corn two and three quarter down four forty three and a half. July down two and three quarters. Soybeans March down five and three quarters twelve oh three and a half. And the May contract down by four and a half cents. On the farm calendar, the North Dakota Livestock Alliance has its annual summit. That's tomorrow in Fargo. A wide variety of speakers uh, will be broadcasting and reporting from that meeting as well. The Cattle Industry Convention and Trade Show, CattleCon 24, taking place this week starting Wednesday in Orlando. You'll hear reports here on the Red River Farm Network uh, for that as well. And next week from the American Sugar Beet Growers Association annual meeting. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.